Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. All right, so I want to get into five lies that prevent you from becoming a great investor. And the inspiration for this actually came from one of the lies I was dealing with just recently (laughs) Uh, in doing some investing and different things that I was looking at and I got a little cocky. And one of the lies started kind of creeping up and you may be going with lies, like who's telling you these lies? Well, that's the funny thing about these lies is that sometimes they can actually come from other people. But a lot of times these lies are actually internal. They're actually things that we are telling ourselves. because the reality is this there's a unlimited amount of things that you can invest in. It's it's unbelievable. A lot of time when we talk about investing, people, you know, will naturally gravitate to like the market or maybe real estate. Those are obviously good. Um, You know, maybe if you're like really on the recent trends, you think about like cryptocurrency, whatever the case is. But the reality is there is so much to invest in. It's unbelievable. You can invest in an unlimited amount of businesses. You can invest in training for skills for yourself in order to earn more money. You can invest in micro loans to other people. You get, it, 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 it just doesn't end. You can invest in pottery. You can invest in art. You can invest. There's there's so much you can invest in. It, it, it literally doesn't end. So when it comes down to it nowadays, um, the problem like I said, that we will run into is when you find something that you do want to invest in, it's regulating self. See, when I first started investing back in 2009, 2009 was the first time that I ever truly invested in, in, in like a traditional investment, which was a stock. I had no idea what I was doing. And um, I got lucky, made a little bit of money. Um, and you know, then I was back out. Well, then over time, that was a very turbulent time in the stock market, even though most things were going up. I, you know, got cocky, did well a couple of times, but then I invested in some things and I lost money because I listened to some of these lies. And we have to become less emotional when it comes to to we have to become very disciplined when it becomes to investing Uh, a lot of times things that people lose a lot of money on are actually passion projects there are things that oh i love this this thing just really gets me going um you know i mean I'll, i'll give you an example um, you know, one thing that uh, has been huge in the pandemic has been trading cards. So whether that's baseball, football, Pokemon, whatever, um, that's been something that's huge. And that's a passion project. Is that a great investment over time? Eh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they've got the uh, Charizard and Pokemon that's selling for like $350,000 uh, right now if it's a graded 10. Uh, you know, so is that going to increase in value over time? It could. Pokemon's the most um, valuable franchise in the entire world, more so than even Star Wars. I know it's pretty shocking uh, for all you geeks out there. Sorry, Star Wars is not number one. It's Pokemon um, when it comes to capital. So th- what I'm trying to say is that is that a good investment to go out and be like, hey, I got 350 grand. So if I buy this Charizard card, is that going to continue to go up? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good 
good investment or not. Maybe it will continue to go up, but maybe it won't be uh, something that accrues in value as fast as some of these other investments. Who knows? So the point is there's so much to invest in nowadays that you need to have a strong understanding of what it is that you're getting into and you need to make sure that you're pulling your emotions out of it as much as possible to make a rational decision. Because if you don't, there's a very good chance that you could end up losing money. So let's talk about some of these lies that I want to get into. And I'm starting with the first one because this is the one that really kind of triggered um, the, the thought to have this episode for me today. And that is that I'll never be able to get a better investing opportunity than this. I will never ever find a better investing opportunity than this. Or you know what? I'm not going to find one at least in the next year. So I might as well do this one. Oh, you got to stay away from this one. Normally, FOMO is one of the number one reasons that people lose a lot of money. Okay. It is because this is what happens. Oftentimes, when when people are investing in an in an area that they're comfortable with, right? They will track it regularly. Uh, I have a lot of things that I invest in, and I know what's going on with those things on a weekly, if not daily basis. There's no news that's coming out that I haven't already heard the hype for some time or whatever the case may be. So if a person who's out there who hasn't isn't familiar with this particular industry that I'm investing in, if they're starting to hear about it, that's because it's probably making mainstream news. That's because all of a sudden it's out there in the Twitterverse or on social media or whatever the case is. And when that happens, when the masses are starting to hear about something that they normally don't invest in, that's when it becomes really dangerous to get in on it because nobody wants to make money slowly. Everybody is looking for how to make a quick buck. And when the masses start to get a hold of something like that, what happens? Money rushes in. And guess what? For the people that were there early, it's great. It's awesome. We're making tons of money hand over fist. But guess what? If you're one of those people and you can ask yourself this question, is this an industry that I know well that I am paying attention to on a very regular basis, minimum weekly? If the answer to that is no, then if you're just now hearing about it, chances are there's millions of other people that are hearing about it too, and you need to be careful because there's a very good chance that you will not be coming in at a price point um, that is going to be extremely advantageous for you. Um, This happened with weed stocks. Weed stocks went absolutely bonkers early on. And a lot of people were counting on the legislation to legalize it and all this other stuff. And people like, oh, I'm going to get in some weed stocks. But then what ended up happening was that legalization, at least on the U.S. side, still had not come. But the price had already been included uh, for uh, the companies as if it were. So People continue to buy, which drove it up a little bit. But then when the legalization never came there, the stocks were already overpriced as it was. So they just ended up dropping and there was a huge crash. So never believe the lie that you'll never be able to get a better um, investing opportunity than this because they will always, always come. There will always be great investing opportunities for you to make plenty of money on. Line number two. I'm going to make money guaranteed. 
Uh, oh, I hate that. It, it, sometimes line number one and line number two go along really well together. Oh, I'm never going to get a better opportunity than this. I am going to make money guaranteed on this. Even if it only did, you know, this little bit, I'm, I'm still going to make this much. You, there's no such thing as guaranteed. No such thing as guaranteed in investing. I'm sorry. It, it, it doesn't happen. Even if it was guaranteed, you can't tell yourself that it's going to be guaranteed. The entire point of any kind of investment is that there is a level of inherent risk involved. And guess what? If risk exists, then it's not guaranteed. It's as simple as that. It's not guaranteed that LeBron James, you know, one of the greatest basketball players on the floor right now, is going to score five points every single night. Well, Stephen, that's absurd. He's scored, you know, at least like 10 points for like a couple hundred games in a row. Well, that's true if he played the whole game. But what if he comes out and he tweaks his ankle in the first quarter right after his first shot? What if he pulls a hamstring, something like that? What if he gets sick right before? Yeah, I mean, like nothing's guaranteed. So is it incredibly likely that a, an amazing basketball player like LeBron is going to get five points and I could bet on that? Yeah, sure. If he plays the whole game, that's about as guaranteed as it's going to get. But is it guaranteed? No, because what, like I said, he comes out first time, jumps up, tweaks his ankle. He's out for the game. What are you going to do then? That's not guaranteed. It's just extremely likely. And again, the more likely something is, the less risk it has. Therefore, the payout is probably even less. So it's just one of those things, um, you know, the, uh, to stick with sports, because I do love sports, uh, this draft, uh, the NFL draft that they just had, um, you know, there's always gambling out in Vegas and different things like that. And Trevor Lawrence was the number one quarterback. Um, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback that I've seen in college um, as far as being pro ready since Andrew Luck. And we all know how that worked out. Andrew Luck was, you know, just an unbelievable quarterback. So, it really wasn't in, on anybody's radar that they were that the Jacksonville Jaguars, who had the first pick, would take anybody else. But they still bet on it. It was as much of a sure thing that you were going to get. A guy bet over ten thousand dollars on on the fact that Trevor Lawrence would be um, the first pick. It was guaranteed. He was pretty much that's as guaranteed as you were going to get on a sports bet to make money that Trevor Lawrence was going to do that. Well, guess what? He was right. They ended up taking him. And guess how much money that guy made on it? About 25 bucks. So he had to put up $10,000 to earn $25. That's not a great return on your money. But was it pretty much guaranteed? It was. So that's the other problem with this lie is I'm going to make money guaranteed. Well, if you're expecting to make money guaranteed and you're expecting to make a lot of money guaranteed, it's definitely not guaranteed. Please tell yourself that because if, if, if you're guaranteed to make money, that means there is so little risk involved and therefore the return on it should not be very good. Okay. That's kind of why Coca-Cola does a dividend. Coca-Cola is one of the most valuable brands out in the world, and it's pretty much guaranteed that company is not going out of business anytime soon, right? Well, guess what? They offer a dividend, and every year for the past, I don't know, it's been about 75 years now, they increase that dividend. I'm going to make money on them guaranteed through that dividend. That's what Warren Buffett does, the greatest investor ever. 
So it is guaranteeing money. But guess what? I'm not making a lot of money off that. I think it's a little over two and a half, right around 3% that dividend now. And uh, that's, that's not bad for a conservative investment, 3% guaranteed. But again, I'm not making seven, eight, nine, 10%. Why? Because it's low risk. It's Coca-Cola. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to go up like crazy. It's not going to go down like crazy. It's going to be very stable. So the more guaranteed, doing my little air quotes there, something feels, the less you should make on it. And if you feel like you're smarter than every other investor out there, that's the statement that you're saying when you're like, I'm going to make money guaranteed on this. If, if you're doing that and you think that nothing can go wrong and you're and you truly think you're smarter than everybody else, you've really got to be careful because it's it's very rare that you end up in a situation uh, that's guaranteed where you're going to make a lot of money. OK, moving on. Lie three people I know already made a lot. So I should, too. Look, just because others played the game and did it well is not a sign that you will have the same outcome. Nowadays, everybody loves to talk about equity. That's a huge thing. You know, we want equity of outcomes and blah, blah, blah. It is a bunch of bull crap. Okay. There is no such guarantee thing as you can try to, to get as much equity and opportunity. Even that is incredibly difficult to try to, to make sure. Why? Because life isn't fair. And that's just not something that we seem to a reality that we really want to accept. Now, I'm all for trying to make opportunities, you know, more more fair to people to make sure that certain uh, people with whatever disadvantage you want to talk about have a little bit more of a level playing field. than so I'm sure. Yeah, we can absolutely try that. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons we love sports. We put these athletes on as level of a playing field as possible and then see where the cards drop. But at the end of the day. Just because somebody did something does not mean it's going to work out for you the same. It, it, there's just too many variables in there. One of the biggest variables is how you respond as a person. Let me give you an example. Let's say you buy an investment property. It's the exact same house, exact same floor plan. And guess what? Your friend bought one right next door. You're in the same neighborhood, location, location, same lot size. Everything about the house is literally the same. All right. But yours gets termites or Oops, you you have a crack in the foundation that the other didn't. Uh, but what are you going to do about that? Yours, your house, despite being built the same in the same location and everything else going on, blah, blah, blah. It's instantly less. It's instant, instantly worth less as an investment than your friend's house. You couldn't have planned on that. Or maybe you could have. Maybe the previous owner didn't get a termite protection plan when you bought it, but when your friend bought his at the exact same time, those people did have a termite protection plan, and that's why they didn't have termites. So now you've got to deal with the termites and pay money to get the house fogged and do all that. And then guess what? While you're dealing with that, your friend took that money, and now he's putting new cabinets in. You both, let's say you both had you know three thousand bucks, and you were and you were both going to do the same thing. Hey, we're just going to replace the cabinets, but now you're dealing with having to fog. Uh, you know, to get the termites out and they're putting in new cabinets. Well, not only are you losing that $3,000 just to get the property back to where it was before, um, and that will have to be disclosed when you sell the home. Now your friend's pro uh, investment is going up because they just got lucky. They just happened to buy the house on the right and you bought the one on the left. <laughs> That's all that it is. So, you know, there's, there's too many variables out there um, to, to where 
you cannot promise no matter how the same of the investment is that um, you're going to end up getting the the same kind of outcome. You just won't. There's too many variables like timing, you know, specifics of whatever it is you're investing in, the market for whatever you're doing, the diligence that you have. I mean, what if what if you know what if you're trying really hard? You're 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 painting um, in this investment property. You are replacing the cabinets. You're down there on your weekends and you're laying down new floors. And your friends just like, yeah, I'm just going to rent it out. You know, leave it as it were. Well, guess what? Because of your efforts, because of your diligence, because of all the effort that you're putting into it, the value of the property that you have is going to go up, and theirs is going to stay the same right? Like there's too many, there's too many things that can change. Okay. So line number four, if I time buying it perfectly, I will make X percent. Okay. This one we see all the time, specifically when it comes to something like stocks, sometimes uh, real estate, but it doesn't apply as much because real estate doesn't fluctuate as much either. But you see this one all the time with like stocks, mutual funds, options, different things like that people will calculate what is the uh, most ideal situation here. Like what am I, if I were to buy it at the high and sell at the low, like I did last time, I can make 12%. Well, guess what? Nobody times it perfectly. Nobody. And if they do, it's sheer luck. That's it. And if they did time it perfectly, it's usually because of the fact that they are in the game a lot. They're probably investing a lot. They're probably, you know, know this space incredibly well. And just out of sheer amount of um, attempts, they end up getting lucky every here and there. Sure, that can absolutely happen. I am a strong believer in the fact that you can make make your own luck through effort. Um, I believe the people that try more and try harder get lucky more because they're they're playing the game more often. But at the end of the day, lucky is lucky. And that is not something that uh, is a great strategy. So if you come in and you're looking at an investment going, well, if I, if I buy it perfectly at this level and then I sell it perfectly at this level, I'm going to make 12%. That, that, is, that is a lie. You cannot count on that. What you should be doing is going, okay, the, the, the biggest range that this thing, that this investment did, this stock did over this time frame was 12%. Okay, I think I can get six. I think I can get half that. You know, that's something that's a lot more realistic and something that, you know, based off if you know what you're doing and you do your homework has a higher probability of playing out. Because the thing is, the funny thing about uh, if you've ever been to a mountain, right, if you're looking at like a stock chart and you see the peak and then what comes after that, when you're at the peak of a mountain, what do you see on the other side? You see a pretty freaking steep drop. You know, it's going to take a little while before it kind of balances out and summits a little bit before it gradually goes down again. That's what it's like investing at the peak of anything. So if you buy at the highest, guess what? You're going to see a sharp drop right after that. That's what happens when you get to the top. So that's why you have to be really careful. The risk reward of getting it perfectly at the top versus just getting it close to the top is really serious. And normally it's not worth the the benefit of it so you need to have realistic expectations and that's just something that um like i said just just don't ever believe that lie don't ever believe um that if you time it perfectly you're going to make that much because a lot of times you will end up really hurting yourself you think you're going to sell it at 12 but guess what 
somebody else was right there before you got it done perfectly just because they were lucky had more money caused it to do whatever the case may be and then that thing drops you're at 12 percent. well now all of a sudden it drops so much and you're back down to six anyway so it, it it's just one of those things to where it, this is human nature right again this is going back to the internal stuff greed will hurt you with investments and regret over buying too late or selling too high is pointless don't ever play that game. Oh, well, I could have I could have bought this or, or, oh, I own this stock. And only if I would have held it another six months, it skyrocketed another 50%. Oh, if only I would have done that. Don't do that to yourself. It, it's, it's pointless. It's a waste of energy. Um, nobody wants to hear about it, to be honest with you. Nobody really gives a crap. If you, you know, had Bitcoin at $10,000 and then you sold it at 12, nobody cares. All right. The fact is you didn't, you sold it. It is what it is. Move on, learn from it and do better next time. All right. So the last lie I want to talk about on this one today is a little bit different than all the other lies because it's not about investing. It's about not investing. And I run into this a lot. It's too risky so I'm not going to invest at all. Now, interestingly enough, this one comes, this one can actually be, I'm going to paint a, a general brushstroke here, but this one can be a little gender specific. This one I hear from women a lot more than I do men. Now, I think a lot of this just has to do, again, we are dealing with the internal here. Women are much more risk averse than men are. Probably has a lot to do with why women live a lot longer than men do on average. <laughs> you know, you see, uh, I mean, just go to the internet and look at videos of people doing crazy things. Guess what? There's a lot more guys out there doing stupid stuff than there are women. There's a reason they live longer, okay? But there's also a reason that if you look at polls from Fidelity or polls from JP Morgan and the portfolios that they had. There's also a reason that men's portfolios outperform women's portfolios. It's because men make riskier investments, which are more likely to have higher returns, whereas women tend to make more conservative ones. Now, again, this is a very general stroke. There's plenty of guys that I've heard out here that do this as well. I got two of my friends that I'm thinking of very specifically right now. But I'm just painting a kind of general stroke here because it's it's too risky. So I'm not going to invest at all. This is this is a lie. And, and again, I'm I'm taking this one to extreme. I, I'm not, you know, I know I was saying, you know, investing conservatively and stuff like that. I'm talking about people who don't want to invest at all. This is a lie for the lazy. All right. Okay, so you found an investment that feels risky. You may be right. You you may absolutely be right. So don't choose to do that investment but find another one with less risk. You can't afford not to invest just because you're a little scared to lose some money, okay? There, there are so many safe bets out there that at minimum you could be earning like a three, 4% on and combating inflation. Again, if you take a million dollars and you stick it under your mattress, in about 20 years, that million dollars is really only going to be worth about 600,000. 
That's why it's been trending. Uh, if you look at um, in the United States, inflation, uh, $1,000 20 years ago, I did the inflation calculator on this uh, a couple of weeks ago, $1,000 uh, to buy anything for that you would, uh, 20 years ago, you need $1,550 today to buy the exact same thing. So inflation is real. It's going to happen. It's not going to stop. The question is just how slow or fast is it going to go? Um, so you have to invest or you're just losing money. That's it. Um, if you don't invest in anything, get, then guess what? What you have in, and you just put money in your bank account, what you're investing in is actually just cash. And over time, that's not a great investment. You have to have something to kind of combat that. So I, I look, it is important to have a strong understanding of what you're investing in. Investing in. I am not recommending that you go out there and you just invest in something because somebody told you to and you don't understand it. I understand that there's a lot of people who have conservative feelings when it comes to spending their money. They'd rather save. They want that security. Um, maybe they don't have a lot to invest, so they really don't want to lose it. That There's a lot of different reasons for it, and that's totally fine. Okay, But it's not a good excuse not to invest at all. All right. If it feels too risky, it's probably for one of two reasons. It's because one, you're not familiar enough with it. So therefore, you just need to spend a little bit more time asking questions and doing some homework, making sure that you do understand it well enough. Or it's the opposite. You are familiar with it. You do have a pretty understanding of it. And you're right. It just is pretty risky. And it's not something that you're willing to to take on. And that's totally fine. So move on and go find something with a level of risk that you are willing to take. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so don't ever let that keep you from investing. There's too many opportunities out there just to quit on it altogether. If you can master these five lies, prevent yourself from listening to them from other people and listening to them internally, I promise you, you will become instantly a better investor than you were when you weren't. I hope you enjoyed this episode and had a good time. If you'd like to support this podcast and our broader efforts with everything money to bring quality financial entertainment and education to the masses, then please just take five seconds to go give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or vote for us on Spotify. You can also check out our Patreon page for more behind the scenes and go to www.everything.money for more problem-solving and life-changing information. Most of all, thanks for listening.